Hello, and welcome to episode 112 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Hello, Henny. How Hello, are you? Sandy. I'm really well. You know what? I love 112, and I'll tell you why. Um, one of my aunts, her address is 112. Yeah. And she has, like, she, she, so she lives in this beautiful, gorgeous house, and she's, uh, she, she's retired now, but she was an elementary school teacher, and she actually still, like, works as a tutor for a lot of students, and mostly now, like, students' younger siblings that are, like, as they're moving through school, you know, that they, they're connected to her somehow, and so she does a lot of that, but she has this beautiful house and on the front she you go up the front stoop and she's got all these flower pots and then hanging by her front door is this um blue wooden shoe like a dutch klompen and it has the number of the house on the sh- like painted on the shoe and so the kids know what house is hers because it's 112 the house with the shoe and like and so I've known that also since I was a kid that her house was 112 the house with the shoe and so every time I hear that like that number I'm like oh it's 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 Aunt Mary's house I was just just gonna ask you is that Aunt Mary and Aunt Mary I know the survey that she lives in because oh yes that's right I had a friend that lived in the same survey um, there well it's Phil's Phil's aunt that passed away it's funny how like you certain things and she always referred um to her friend my friend Anne and so anytime she would say you know some her, her about Anne we'd be like oh your friend Anne <laughs> right and and so uh, a couple of weeks ago we, we were chatting with Phil's mom and uh she was saying that Angela's ashes were being um laid somewhere right um because she was cremated when she passed away in december and um she said phil's like oh so who's who's going to be going there and so marcia said that her once like the the other sister who lives in the uk was going she says oh and then angela had this really good friend and we were like oh my (laughs) friend ann oh you've heard of i'm like yes yes we've heard (laughs) i have never met her Okay, but you I, feel I like you know her. Exactly, and she has a son, Dominic. I know that, too. Oh. Never met either of them. Don't even know what they look like. Never seen a photo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I think about it when I'm talking even about you to someone else. Be like, oh, well, you know, my friend Henny. Yes. <laughs> because we we do that. We often yeah. give, you know, more, instead of just saying, well, a friend of mine, you know, it's yeah. like... And like sometimes you're sometimes you want to do that because whoever you're talking to doesn't necessarily like if you just used if you just use someone's name they might not know who you're referring to and so then you want to refer like you want to give the context but what sometimes happens is that you end up like saying like giving the context too many times I guess you know like at at some point the people that you're talking to know who the other people are well. And especially if it's a name like Henny, that is not, it is not like Sarah or something right? Right. (laughs) or Steph. (laughs) It's, it's a, it's a name that you don't hear every day. 
Exactly. That, that, is, oh, that is for certain. That is for certain. I had to throw Steph in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just letting you know because I was just thinking about her because I went down before we began recording to grab seven almonds. I've been watching you munch away on your almonds. Yeah, but I'm also trying now. Now I've got it in my mouth that it might be really <laughs> loud when I crunch it. Okay, can we also talk about sound things? Sure. So, do you do you know what Phil and I are laughing about sometimes? No, what are you laughing about sometimes? Like, no, when we're working out. Sorry, when we're working out. No, I have no idea what you're laughing at. Okay, what are because what what we, exercise are we doing though? When you're, I don't know, because you're okay. often goofing around. <laughs> <laughs> And I can only like partly hear what you're doing because, because when we're doing our workouts together on Zoom, uh, you have whatever device set up so that it, so that the camera is on you, but then you guys are a fair distance away from it. So Uh, when you are just like laughing to each other or talking to each other, I can hear that you're making noise, but I can't hear what you're saying. Okay. So are you, are you usually laughing when you're doing ab work? Yes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So my guess is that you're laughing at flatulence. But not mine. (laughs) And so, and, and because you see the way that he does his ab work, I'm like, do you think you're on like a kid's toy? Like you're just rocking back and forth? Like, what is that? Because Diego always would when we did it in person, would sit on uh, Phil's... would hold his feet. Correct. And I would always do, as he's telling me, with my legs straight up. Mm. But anyway, Phil, like... <laughs> now, and I said to him, but here's the thing, Henny, because I said, I do not understand how it is coming out the way it is because you should have your abs engaged and your glutes. <laughs> so there should be no room for gas to escape. This is what or- you're saying. Or if it is, it would be at a much higher, no, it would, it would be like, do you know what I mean? It, be I said, through as exactly. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise it's just like, it's just like open there, man. It's just like flapping. Like you're just letting it. <laughs> Poor Phil. <laughs> but then, yes, but then he, he likes it. Cause then I'll, I'll say something like, you know, like I, you're going to like poop your pants one day and that's going to be really funny. Okay. And then he starts giggling, but then he can't stop, and then it makes him do it more. Right. But I really think he just continues to go along with it. Yes. Because then he's not doing any ab work. I think I think that I think he is milking the situation hundred <laughs> percent. I, I think that's absolutely an accurate yes uh, depiction of what is happening here. Yes. And anytime there are a number of reps to do, especially if it's one that I am faster with than him with, because just because of the way that I that my, our bodies he like is whatever. Such a cheater because he is a, he's and a, cheater. a cheater because I know that he and I work very similarly, like as far as our pace goes, and so there is. There, there are a couple of different things that we do that are numbered that you have to do 10 of or 20 of or whatever. And I know that I am consistently 10 behind you. So when you are finished, like you, Sandy, when you are finished, I still have 10 to go. And almost 
every time it's 10. Like sometimes I only have eight, sometimes I have 11, but like it's always around that time. And sometimes Phil and I finish at the same time and sometimes Phil finishes at the same time as you. That is not possible. Like, like, I guess what I'm saying is if I were just like one rep behind you or two reps behind you, and sometimes Phil finished a little bit quicker than I did, like that would make sense. But, but then like this, just this last workout that we just had, Diego was like, good job, Sandy. And I, I think I still had 12 reps to do. And immediately after he said, good job, Sandy, he said, good job, Phil. And I was like, that sucker isn't done. Henny, yesterday he was finished before me he's not not even counting i said to him you were i said what i said to him that is absolute bullshit i said said, no you know what i said i said you're full of piss and vinegar this morning (laughs) which apparently he was but I will say he was moving faster yesterday. I said, okay. so obviously you can move faster than you have been. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're just like lazy Daisy doing it anyway. Although and, what we did yesterday was different. Yeah, but we still had to do hand to knee, honey. I know. And he was fast. Hand, normally- so hand to knee means you're in a plank, so you're up on your hands and your toes, and so you're and your body is flat, so you're in a full plank, and then you take your you bend your right, you pick your right leg up and bend your knee in and reach your left hand to touch it. So you're touching the opposite hand to the opposite knee. So you're kind of like almost like a mountain climber because your legs are moving. Anyway. I find it very challenging. You're the only person you're cheating is yourself, dude. <laughs> there is some truth to that. Okay, so Sandy, can we, I don't know if people are at all interested in this, but I think mm-hmm. it's funny. And so I think we should just maybe <laughs> spend a couple of minutes chatting about it. But can we talk a little bit about the modification that Diego made to our workout this past week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so there's there's a like there's a sequence that we follow in the workout, right? And it's always like, you know, and it's and it's so that it so that you get a full body workout and so that it's within the certain time, right? And so, you know, usually there's a sequence that we follow for the warm up that takes about 10 minutes, then there's a sequence that we follow for our arms and our chest that takes about 10 minutes and like you kind of move through the workout like that. And so for the last little while we've been doing the same sequence twice a week. And it's, and the sequence requires a lot of shoulder strength. Almost all of the movements that we do, whether they're focused on your shoulders or not, they require your shoulders to do a lot of work. And so a couple of weeks ago, um, you, you guys, but, but I feel like on behalf of me as well, talked Mm. to Diego about like maybe switching it up a little bit so that it wasn't the same thing every time. And, and maybe to, to lessen like the load on the shoulders a little bit. So I was expecting on Tuesday when we had our workout this week, I was expecting that like one of the sequences would have been changed, you know, like in, you know, of the, you know, of the four different sets of things that we do, maybe one of them was going to be a little bit different. 
what in fact happened was absolutely everything was different. It was completely different moves, a lot of moves which we have never done before with yeah. with team. Like I was so taken aback by how different it was. Totally fine. Like I just was surprised. But then there were a few things that he was like demonstrating that we were going to have to do. <laughs> And truthfully, I was like looking and thinking, like, this is for real. Like, <laughs> and like on both ends of the spectrum, like a couple of the things he demonstrated, yeah. and I was like, is this for real? Like, he actually thinks I'm going to be able to do that. But then there were a few things that he was demonstrating, and I was like, mm, like, are we like 10 year olds in a physics? <laughs> Like, like exactly. what's going on here? <laughs> there were a few things where he was like doing like big arm circles, and like that's yeah. all it was. And I was like, big arm circles, like that's all we're gonna do. But Sandy, I mean, you know, because I told yeah. you, like when we finished all those big arm circles, my shoulders were feeling it. Like, like I felt like I'd just gone for a good long swim. But but that was the thing we what we said we it's too much shoulder work yeah. and then we were doing shoulder work I'm like <laughs> also also the fact that and because you and I pick up a few words because yeah. Phil and him have this whole conversation in Spanish and he was and then you hear your name and my name hmm. but he is was worried he's worried about doing things that maybe you and I won't be able to do. Uh, you obviously do not, you have not been paying attention. <laughs> because if there's, if there's a person in the group of three <laughs> yes. going to be able to do something, it's not Sandy. <laughs> and it's probably not me either. It's not you either, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Yeah. Whiny baby. Whiny baby. <laughs> anyway. was, yeah. Anyways. I said after we finished, it was like I didn't really sweat, so I was like, mm, I don't know how th I don't know about this workout, you know, and I and then I I messaged you after and said, I I feel like that maybe later this is going to like set in, and then the next day my triceps actually my triceps are still sore. My triceps. That was and that was Monday that happened, and today's Friday. Oh yeah, it was Monday. You're right. Yeah. My yeah. triceps were so sore on Tuesday. <laughs> but I like that because that means that the exercise we're doing is working. hundred percent. And it was just and it was just a regular um, push up, but we haven't done that because we were doing these other things, and I can't go down as far to bring my knee up. Like anyway, anyways, we've probably lost people by now. But <laughs> all that to say. Don't it's I think it's in the same vein as don't judge a book by its cover. Like don't mm -hmm. don't don't look at something and and right away make a snap decision either to say there's no way I can do it because chances are you can. And if you can't, there's probably a modification you could make so that you can. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at something and thinking, no, that's too easy for me. I I think it might not be true. <laughs> yeah yeah because the guy is the guy the guy is has like he is a personal trainer of course like he knows what he's talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he was and he was also like a boxer like for the country like a semi professional boxer so and that's why his body looks the way it does and and feels like did you see how flexible he is clearly <laughs> but he's also he's also like 27 so right anyway anyways it's all it's all good we wouldn't have anything to complain about if, if it didn't hurt so yeah that's true what have you been reading well i finally got my hands on a copy of the new michael moss book which you read ages ago mm-hmm. and the book is called hooked yes food free will and how the food giants exploit our addictions Ugh. And that is what I have been reading. I'm about two-thirds through, and I've got a few things that I want to chat with you about related to this book. First of all, do you feel like, because he also wrote Fat, Sugar, Salt, right? Yes. Salt, Salt, Sugar, sugar, Fat. fat. Salt, Sugar, Fat. And after reading that book, I felt taken advantage of. Mm, Yeah. And, And this one, just like there's more people to feel taken advantage of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see where you're going from that. I think, I think what I'm finding so far is I'm feeling a little bit less. Um, I don't know what the word is. I was going to say assaulted, but that's not the right word either, but like a little less like t- taken aback by it. Yeah. Because it's very similar information to the first book, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you've read Salt, Sugar, Fat, this is like, there are pieces of this book that are a, a little bit of a repetition mm-hmm. um, that he that he uses as sort of like kind of a reminder to you, here's what I learned when I was doing my last book. And so here's now where I've gone yeah. with that because I learned this little piece that I wasn't expecting. And so now I've gone to do some more research about it. So he, so he keeps reminding you about those things from the first book. And, and so because you already heard that information once, um, it's not quite as like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Kind of, you know, however, it doesn't like it, it's still definitely, makes like leaves you with the feeling of like wow like we really are being played by these big companies by marketers by advertising you know and and the the part that i just finished reading about actually was talking a little bit about nutrition labels too and Uh. and i and i and it really made me think about like like i know how to read a nutrition label and i know what it means and i know you know, what the daily percent values mean. Like, so when yeah. I'm looking at it, like I feel pretty confident myself now today looking at a nutrition label and actually knowing what this means, but I don't think that's the the regular person. No. And, and this, and then where is it left to learn that? Like, is that, and, mm. you, and it may be, but is it part of the curriculum? It is definitely in grade eight. Um, in grade eight health, there is like maybe a statement about looking yeah. at nutrition labels. And so it's a big part of what I teach because it's something that I feel personally as important. Right. Yeah. 
So, but I'm sure that it's not something that everyone is getting, even though there is like one little statement in the curriculum about it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was, that's the, I think the, the reason though he wrote the second book though, was because he, after the first book, really didn't buy into believing that there was an addictive, that you could be addicted mm-hmm. in the same way to these, to food mm-hmm. as you are to things like alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and over, and so over time he has now seen things differently and yeah. really truly believes and understands that. What um, I found really enlightening was the way that he lays it out towards the beginning of the book, because he's called, he's called the book, hooked right because you're getting hooked on these on these foods really um but then he does have a whole section where he says you know about exactly what you're saying sandy you know really can we use the word addiction when we're talking about food and so he kind of lays out like here are some different definitions that different groups of people use to define what addiction is and so he said if you're using this definition then yes if you're using this definition then maybe not like and so I really liked that he did that because I think a lot of people when they hear the word addiction they really get their backup about it yeah and so I think that was really that was a really nice way to set the tone for the book to be like when I'm so he's saying when he's talking about addiction related to food, he's talking really about two things. He's talking about the impact that consuming food has on your brain. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about the impact that memories and emotional a sentiment related to food impacts the way we eat and the things we choose to eat. And so, and, and because of those two things, because of the, the brain reaction, the brain stimulation that we have, and because of the memories that we have, those two things can influence people to eat past satiation and Mm -hmm. past the the amount of food that is necessary for their bodies right Mm -hmm. so he said when when people and and he also says some people are more susceptible to this than others yeah right Mm -hmm. so I, i i really i liked that what what i i really found this whole idea about um not only does food stimulate the brain to pr- pr- to produce dopamine to produce this pleasure seeking uh device in our brain right this this uh, neurotransmitter but it also is so impactful because of the ties to memory mm-hmm. and and how strong memory plays a role in how we eat and what we eat yes I just thought that was so incredible. And so he was talking about um, the, like the emotional 
stimulation in your brain when you take in some sort of a substance. And so he said that with a substance like nicotine or tobacco or, or something from smoking, the emotional uh, you know, effect in your brain, it takes about 10 seconds from the time that you ingest that toxin or that substance to the time that you, that you, your brain actually feels something. But he said with sugar, it's less than half a second. Yeah. And so, and he said salt and fat are just more than half a second. So he said all of those pieces are less than a second to, to make your brain have some sort of emotional reaction. Um, and, and he said that is faster than any other substance they've ever tested. So when people talk about foods being addictive I think that's maybe some of where they're coming from yeah you know depending and but like he says at the beginning of the book depending on how you understand addiction and how you define addiction that might not be the word you want to use but definitely we know that we have um a, a reaction to the stimulant that is faster than any other substance which I thought was pretty crazy. But then, like I was saying before, this this whole idea of like being tied to memory. And and he said, like, it's not just the memory of the taste. He's like, it's the memory of everything. It's the memory of how something yes. felt, what something looked like, how something tasted. But he said, not only is it the memory of eating the food, it's also the memory of everything else. It's where yeah. you were. It's who you were with. with. It's what was happening mm-hmm. at the time. And he mm-hmm. said, all of those things kind of cement this um, desire yeah. to have this food. Right, because you want to recreate that scenario yeah and so you believe that even if it was something that was six months ago you eat that food again you will be able to relive that or have the Mm -hmm. same feelings at times not even acknowledging that all of those other bits aren't there anymore it's it's just that one piece yeah um i i i you know what i think i i think that people just have a really hard time people even myself I thinking that food can be addictive right you know because it's it it, it's it just has never really been viewed in that way before Mm -hmm. so anytime you think of addiction it's alcohol cigarettes um uh what do you call it drugs Mm -hmm. you know even because you th- there's also people who are addicted to sex. There's all kinds of addictive behaviors. Mm-hmm. But some just seem like they just don't. Because I, I don't know. I think there's more people. There are actually. That's one of the other stats we were in the book. Was that there are more people addicted to food in the world than are addicted to cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, etc. And I... I do you not feel that once you can acknowledge for yourself that there may that may be a big part of an of the issue that you are having with your with controlling your weight mm-hmm. that that is the the thing to help you unlock that you know mm-hmm. key to your success right mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is i i just 
think that even for myself, there was always these other pieces of things that I was trying to change or adjust or, but, but while still feeding the addiction to it. Mm-hmm. Do you, does that, I, I'm, it's kind of a disjointed way to try and explain what I'm thinking. Well, I think that one of the, I think like the running definition that he uses through the book about when talking about addiction is he says addiction is something it's a behavior that you engage in repeatedly despite potential negative impacts right yeah so so when you're talking about like if I think of myself and some of the the over some of the, all of the overeating, (laughs) binge eating, like, like all of these, what I might have called in the past or continue to call habits that I've developed over a lifetime. You know, these are things, behaviors that I have engaged in repeatedly, despite the fact that they are not having a positive impact impact on me as my, as a person me in my health me in my uh you know in in my body right and so when you look at it that way it's like yeah this is more than it might be more than just a habit and something that is almost i think maybe it's it's almost it almost feels beyond my control Mm, and I think yeah. maybe that's some of the difficulty that people have with under, like with with labeling things as addiction because it feels like, well, if I say I have an addiction, that means that it's beyond me. But it's not beyond me. I think it just means for me that it's more than just I have to stop doing it. It's I have to build an environment, a support system, um, and, and I, and whatever else like around me to help me overcome this, because this is more than just something that I do every once in a while. Like this is something that I, I almost can't help myself with. Yeah. But do you, but do you ever overcome it or do you, I, like, I, I feel like, no, I don't think you, so. You, I, you, yeah, I think you have, have to come up with strategies to manage it. Yes. Right. Yes. Over, for the rest of your life. Yes. Because yes. and and like, there's no cure for it. It's something that is so deeply wired that if we try, if we if we think that we can just overcome it, yeah. then we we've actually just set ourselves up to fail because there will always be something that will set us off onto that binge yeah or whatever it is or whatever your thing yeah correct right? like for yeah. me it's binge for sure but yeah. I don't think that's necessarily the 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 behavior that comes out in everyone right but yeah 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 but yeah. no I I agree with that 100% Sandy yeah and this and the things that that bring us to those binges and um, I mean I think I'm not not even going to say what I was going to say because I shouldn't say that, you know, a lot of people with a binge, I mean, a binge can be, a binge looks very different to a lot of people. Yes, I think that's true. Right. Whether it's a specific food, 
whether it's yeah. a, you know, a, I don't know, a food group, whether it's yeah. whatever it is. Um, if you were going to say, I think that a lot of people who struggle with weighing an amount that is right for them, yeah. I think that a lot of those people probably would put some sort of binge eating into the pile of behaviors that that don't help them out right right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and and the thing is, is is because we like you said we're so wired for that recreating a feeling that it doesn't need to be the same the same um situation that sets us off mm-hmm and that that can change. So even if it's removing, I don't know, say it's a bad relationship and then that mm-hmm. relationship ends, but because you know the feeling that you get after engaging in the binge, whatever, mm-hmm. that whenever something else becomes difficult or mm-hmm. you, you want, and you, a situation where you want to recreate that comfort, because yeah. it's really a comfort Yeah. when it's, when it's happening, it's, we're not thinking yeah. about what's happening after. That's that's no. the issue. That's part of the issue, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that's that's the that's the management part of it is yeah. recognizing that this is the behavior. This is what happens to then bring me to this, and I don't want to feel like that. It's that it's yes. a, it's the loop, right? It's that. Um, yeah. It's it's the loop. It's a it's a habit loop. Habit loop. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I just this idea of, of memory. And then the other thing that he was saying about memory is that it's particularly potent in childhood and especially adolescent years that this is like, because during those years, that's when, you know, especially like, I mean, that's when a lot of your brain development is happening. And so these, these memories are even stronger. And so, you know, he said, as adults, we often have more vivid memories of things that happen in our childhood and adolescence mm-hmm. than we do about things that happened like, you know, a few years ago. And, and I feel like there's a, I feel like anecdotally, personally, there's a lot of truth to that, right? Yeah. So I was, I was trying to think about, you know, like really vivid memories that I have related to food and then I was thinking well most of my vivid memories in general are related to food (laughs) like like I was trying to think like do I have a really vivid memory of something that where there was no food and I'm not convinced that I do (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have said this on the podcast before but my my family always makes fun of me because like if if there is if there's reminiscing happening, yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed that I'll be able to tell you like what we ate or where like yes. or what restaurant we were at or like who brought what food. Like and yeah. so my family makes fun of me because I always, you know, have the memory for the food, but I think they do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's just me. <laughs> no. No, no. I I have one memory that and I've never been able to like recreate the food because I, 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 I it's one of those that it just, yeah, you, I just wouldn't be able to, but it is like the probably I think it was as a kid going to Disney, we went mm-hmm. twice and having lunch in the car and it was canned corned beef. You remember canned mm-hmm. corned beef? Sure do. 
and so it was white bread but there was butter on it but by the time that we went back at lunch to get it it had been in the car so it was warm yeah 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 and it, so was the butter, like, like, and it wasn't even but sorry I, i'm not even it wasn't butter it was margarine <laughs> right we only ate imperial margarine Bum, <laughs> working. um and it was so delicious. Like I can, I can actually, like I can see it right now. Yeah. I can see it's going the trunk opening, like the whole thing. But if I ever tried to have that now, I think that I would be like, no, no. <laughs> I'd have to find the canned corn ham for our corned beef first. Yeah. Which I'm sure is still available. I would imagine it is. Yeah. I would imagine it is. Yeah. I, yeah, I just have, I have so many, so many, so many good memories of food, like, and, like, I also have memories of, like, types of food that you only got in that one specific time yeah. or location, you know, like, mm-hmm. my mom's side of the family is huge because she's the youngest of 10, and the majority of her siblings have five, six, or seven kids themselves. So, so that side of the family is really big. And we used to get together twice a year. Everyone would get together in July for my Oma's birthday and then in December for Christmas. And when we would get, and it was always a potluck. And so when we would get together in July, it was everyone would bring like, you know, the thing that they always brought, whatever salad or whatever, you know, it was. And then there was a barbecue. And always for dessert, we would have these, like, little ice cream containers. You know the ones that I'm talking about? It's like, they're like these little cylindrical, yeah. but they also, like, they're like little rounded edges. Like yes. a, and then, yep. and they have a little wooden stick that is Yeah, and you pull the little top thing off, yep. Correct. So that was always dessert. One of my aunts would always bring that for dessert. And so that's what we had. And it was like some were chocolate and some were strawberry. And if you wanted the strawberry one, you had to be like first in line because they went really quickly. And like, and I remember that. And like, I think more, not recently, but like as an adult, maybe I had one of those things as ice cream. I was like, this is really terrible ice cream. Like, (laughs) like it does not tastes good like it it really tastes like plastic I I'm sorry if you really love this kind of ice cream that I'm talking about but but I remember just the memory of like it was the only time you got it and it was like a fun thing because it was like it was this side of the fan and like a lot of those uh cousins I only ever saw them twice a year and so then and we it was you know it was at the cottage and so everyone's running around in their bathing suits like it was just this whole big fun thing right and yeah, but I don't. I mean, it doesn't make me want to have that ice cream now. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's another side to to that because at the time you were having it, that was the best thing that you had ever had. Since Correct. that time, you've had Hagen Dazs. Yes. <laughs> you have had Baskin Robbins. You've yeah. had, you know, whatever your, you know, like a premium type yeah. ice cream. Yeah. And so to go back to that, that's, that's part of it. 
Well, but I think, and I think you're right. And I think what happens then is that the memories compound, like compound on one another. So now it's like, so now if I were to have like the, the premium ice cream that I've had, that I know is better tasting, I still have that memory of when I was a kid and I used to have this ice cream, you know, like, so it all kind of builds, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, can I ask you, I'm just thinking about this because when we, um, when we were in Barcelona together, which (laughs) I love, I just like saying that. It's amazing that that we were in Barcelona together. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) And, um, I had never had Pop-Tarts. No. Ridiculous. So I said, okay, because our post race, because we were running a marathon, treat is going to be pop tarts but anyway she she did eat them and i ate mine too but henny have you had any have you ever had a pop tart since no i'm just okay yeah no and and i never even have thought about it like it's never even done like it's never even crossed my mind to be like oh you know what i should have that that was really fun that one time we had pop tarts i should have pop tarts again and i wonder if it's because and and he alludes to this in the book too that that when you never have had something you don't necessarily have the desire for it because you never had it yeah Right. So like maybe if it was something that I'd had as a kid and then we had it again, like maybe then it would like pique my taste for it, you know, but no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never have had it again. Yeah. 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 I I was reminded of it because I was in the grocery store and there was like two random boxes, which is kind of weird that they were. And, and they also were like in the gluten-free section, which I'm like, there is no way that a pop tart is gluten-free. No. No, anyway, I think it was just <laughs> they had strange. boxes left and they didn't know what to do with them, and it was all in English on the box. And so right. they just, yeah, yeah. They it just was like them. gluten-free slash international section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, so they were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and were you tempted to get them? No, I wasn't tempted at all because they were chocolate. For first of all, it's not my oh. favorite. I I would like a strawberry one, but it'd have to be heated up. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. yeah, and we, I don't think we have them hot. Just right. Yeah, you know. Anyways, no. It but it isn't something that I would be like, oh yeah, I knew, I'm gonna have that. I'm not yeah. gonna have. Not worth it. Not not not. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh there there were two other things that i've come across in the book that were interesting to me that i wanted to chat about too so one is about variety and then the other is about distraction so variety first there was a so so the the point that he's making in the book is that people are hooked on variety we like variety in general and so he said that he was talking about a study that had been done that um when people were offered m&ms some people in the study were offered m&ms and there were 10 different colors in the m&ms and some people were offered m&ms and there were six different colors in the m&ms and in every single uh pairing the person who was offered the 10 different colors ate more but the thing with the colors of M&M's is they're not flavored differently. 
No. There's literally nothing different about them other than their color. But he said in every single case in the test, the person who had 10 colors ate more. Isn't that something? But and then why? I, I, because there's something about variety that we feel like there are more options or there's more different mm. stuff. And so we have to have more. And he said there was another study where people were given where, or where it was something was set up so that there was pasta. And in one case, it was like a pot of spaghetti. And so people would help themselves to a certain amount of spaghetti and that's how much spaghetti they would have. And then they were offered more spaghetti and in most, like they either took some more spaghetti or, you know, or they said, no, thanks. I've had enough. But then they did another um, like part of the study where everyone had spaghetti and then people were offered tortellini and oh. people like in that case ate more because they had had enough spaghetti but when you offer them tortellini they were like oh yeah I'll have some tortellini and like the thing that's funny about it is like they're both pasta yeah but there's but they're different and so he said it's something about variety that when there is more variety, we want more because we want to be able to have a, like all of it, I guess, like a little bit of all of it. So, which, I mean, obviously has an impact like when there's a buffet. Yeah. Not that I'm, not that I'm a hundred percent sure that, that, we're going to see a lot of buffets, you know, <laughs> in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Health, health and safety wise buffets might be a thing of the past. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're not wrong. Yeah. But, but yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But even like, I even think about that, you know, going to a buffet and like you do often take more than you need because you're like oh well, I'll have a little bit of this I'll have a little bit of that oh I'll have a yeah. little bit of and before you know it you've got a little bit of all of these things and you've got you know this heaping plate full of food that you're like oh I don't really need all of this but I just wanted to have a little bit of everything you know yeah yeah or or you find the things that you really like and then you go back up and grab more of it right. because you yeah. only had because I only took a little bit of it because right? <laughs> I only took a little bit in the first place I know yeah. I know for me the best thing that for the best strategy that I have at a buffet is always to do like a walk of the buffet before I take <laughs> anything that way I've already seen all of it because that's what happens sometimes is like you take a few things at the beginning yeah. but then the stuff that you really like is at the end yeah yeah I yeah I mean yeah 100% I, I mean I always go to the to the dessert first to see if there's going to be anything that I want to make sure that I I'm okay like I want to have save for the dessert yeah that's smart <laughs> <laughs> I like that I like that plan so last thing is about distraction yep so we and this was this was really interesting to me because I've never heard this particular piece. So at WW, we talk often about mindfulness and particularly being mindful when we're eating, and that the opposite of being 
mindful when we're eating is being distracted when we're eating, right? So that our brains are not thinking about what we're eating, they're thinking about something else. And, and that often when we are not being mindful, we end up consuming more than we'd planned, more than we needed, more than we wanted, whatever. That all makes perfect sense to me, right? And I even remember like way back in the day, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago, I remember one of the habits that WW was promoting was setting a table mm -hmm. and eating with no distraction. And I remember that that was like the distinct strategy that you were supposed to do. You were supposed to set a place for yourself at the table and then you were not supposed to have any distractions, no music, no television, no phone, no book. Like, like, and I remember the coach like going through like all the things that were distracting that you shouldn't have when you were eating. And I remember at the time thinking like, I don't have time to eat like that. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but I, I, all that to say, I think this is something we know, right? When we, when we're sitting in front of the television and we're munching on some popcorn, it's so easy to eat the whole bag. And then, and then you kind of look around and you're like, where'd the bag of popcorn go? Like, oh, I ate it all, you know? Yeah. Now, what was interesting and new to me was that he was talking about a study that was done that not only do we eat more in the moment when we're distracted, but we eat more later as well. And so he was referencing this study where people were given lunch and some people were watching television while they ate lunch and some people were not. And then later in the afternoon, they could have cookies for a snack. And, and he said the people who ate lunch in front of the television ate more cookies for their afternoon snack than the people who didn't. And, and so it's something about that, that our brain forgets that we ate enough, you know? And so it's like, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hungry. I need more cookies. Whereas the people who ate mindfully and were not distracted while they were eating, their brain remembered that they were still full. Yeah. I, 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 I know for myself, this is a hundred percent true because I have in the last like week and a half been, I mean, I, I always sit down when I'm eating, yeah. but I was in the kitchen and I was had a um, either a podcast on or I was reading something or whatever, but I wasn't paying attention to the food that I was eating. Like I was, I wasn't like looking at it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I think that's part of it is that yeah. when you don't actually look, acknowledge, appreciate, take it all in yeah. that, that, that you don't, you don't remember. And, and, but the thing is, is that then I feel really hungry after. And I'm like, how can, like, honestly, after I just ate this massive salad that I've, I've put together with not just like, you know, salady stuff. I'm talking about like with beans and beets and, you know, cottage cheese on it and all kinds of a little bit of nuts and whatever. I, there's no way I cannot be hungry, but I do actually feel hungry because I, yeah. that I don't think the connection has been made. Yeah. And so I, it's, it's, it doesn't, in one hand, it doesn't really make any sense because no. <laughs> you've just eaten the same food. However, the only thing I can think of that just came to me now is because 
the first step in the digestion is actually when we are anticipating and looking at it and all of the juices like the digestive juices start which helps with the digestion of it so maybe that's part of it maybe part of that is not just the physical kind of things that are happening but we're also mentally preparing ourselves for that meal Mm -hmm. and for the the digestive process where we are acknowledging you know that that we are refueling ourselves because that's Mm -hmm. what we're doing yeah yeah Yeah. I, i don't know it's now I find it more difficult when I'm by myself. So I'm asking you because you do eat a lot of meals alone. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I'm going to guess that pro, there's 90% of the time that you are doing something else while you're eating. Yeah. Maybe higher, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I, um, yeah. <laughs> At least, I would say, at least 90% of the time, I'm doing something else while I'm eating. Yeah. I'm either, um, like, listening to, like, I'm often listening to something. So, listening to a podcast or an audiobook while I'm eating. I often am doing schoolwork while I'm eating. I often eat in front of the television. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. trying to think if there's ever a time that I would just, like sit and enjoy something in silence if I'm by myself no mm-hmm. what about when you and Mark have dinner do you usually are you like sitting and watching tv at the same time mm, I would say half and half yeah. like when we when we eat meals together sometimes we're watching television while we're eating but often we're not often we're just like chatting yeah yeah. When I'm at and like I'm trying to think like when I'm at school um my colleague and I will sit and eat lunch together and like chit chat but like we're often like scrolling our phones at the same time like like that even that's distracted, you know. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's a maybe that's a an an area for me to explore a little bit more yeah and see if that would see if I notice a difference like yeah like it would be interesting because I know like because I kind of do the same thing every day yeah. I know kind of when I feel hungry and when I when yeah. I eat when I'm hungry and when I eat when I'm not and those sorts of things so like I yeah. wonder if I tried for a week like really making a concentrated effort to eat not like without distraction if I notice a difference yeah Yeah. maybe that's a summer plan for you yeah I like that I'm willing to to try that yeah I need to um make sure that I like it's usually it's usually lunch and and then sometimes a later breakfast or whatever but I need to do the same thing because then I'll also find that if I I'll eat like the rest of my breakfast but it's very and then I'm I'm like an hour later thinking oh it's lunchtime and I'm really hungry but am I really hungry no it just happens to be lunchtime yeah so it's it's uh and it is something that I uh yeah I'm, I'm also going to put a concerted effort into making sure that I actually sit down don't have anything else on I guess it's just because then it's boring yeah and so uh, absolutely. Yeah. 
some of it is it's boring and some of it I feel like I need to make better effective use of my time yeah but we could but I mean we meaning all of us I think we 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 could all use that as an excuse for sure well and and the reality is like it's nice for your brain to just shut yeah. off for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I think that's something that I need to. Food for thought, honey. <laughs> Food for thought. Well done. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something I need to work on though. I like that. Yeah. Oh dear. I like that. I wonder if, I wonder what, um, like, people who are listening, are you distracted eaters like I am? Or do you have, like, um, you know, really uh, well-established habits where you don't eat with distraction? Or if, and if you don't, like, how do you do that? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, especially, and whether you eat, you know, whether you live alone and so most of your meals are alone, or... If this is something that maybe during the current situation that you find that you're eating alone more frequently than you mm-hmm. were, or even if it's if it's one one meal a day that you find, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be interesting to find out like what other people's habits are if they've yeah. even given it any thought. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah because there's there's something to be said for that brain stomach connection right yeah Mm -hmm. in the in the book he always in the first part of the book at least he often several times he said we eat what we we eat what we remember right because that's the connection to memory but then during this part of the book i wrote it down so i would remember so that i would remember he said we eat what we remember but we eat more when we can be made to forget Ha. I was like, clever, clever writing. I really appreciate yeah. that. But, but you know, there, there it is. Like, so we, yeah. we eat the things we remember for sure, but we eat more when we forget that we've eaten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or we forget how much we've eaten, I guess. Yeah. Which, which is exactly what we're saying, because if we're eating and not looking at the food, then we don't even know what we've eaten. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You see how that just came like full circle there. That was good. Ah. Well done, honey. Well done. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I mean, it, it's been, it's a really great read. I've really it been is. enjoying it and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the last third has in store for me. Yeah. 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 And there's, I mean, there's lots of pieces to it because now like now obviously I think about books maybe they've all mashed together but he does speak about the tobacco companies and then them Mm -hmm. they're buying all of the so they're a full service okay yeah because I think that's a good that's a good conversation too because I'm not sure people have made those connections either I don't think you've gotten to the last the part about the about Weight Watchers and no I'm not there yet Okay, that's a, that's where I was going it's, with all of this. It's it is right at the end. It's very good. Yes. All right, next okay. week you've got something <laughs> to, something to look forward to, folks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sandy, it was as usual a delight to chat with you. 
you too, my friend. I enjoyed I... listening or hearing about your corned beef melted margin sandwiches. Oh, you know. <laughs> Doesn't it kind of sound good, though? Oh, Lord, have mercy. No wonder my childhood was... I was very... Filled old. with food. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to leave you with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, we hope you have a great week. And my friend, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thanks. You too. See you next week. All right. See ya.